You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome to the Big Blue View podcast. I am Dan Pizzuta, joined by Chris Flum. Chris, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, but, you know, I kind of feel like this should be kind of the return of the Big Blue Big Board. Yeah, so I kind of debated whether I was going to say that or not, and we are in the middle of July, but somehow it's draft season again. It's Uh, always draft season. Yeah, apparently, but we're not looking toward 2020 yet, thank God. We we have some time (laughs) before that happens. But we are now... We're going to talk about the 2019 Supplemental Draft. For those of you who are unaware, the Supplemental Draft happens in the middle of the summer. For some guys who either weren't eligible for the draft at the time, or for a lot of scenarios, there's just guys that are figuring they don't want to go back to school, or for some reasons maybe aren't eligible for one reason or another to play for this coming season, so they can declare for this Supplemental Draft. I think Giants fans are going to be very aware of this because they use a third round pick on Sam Beal last year. And of course, Beal sat out uh, for all of 2018 because of a shoulder injury, but he will be back on the field this year, part of that very young secondary. So we have, I think there's about five players eligible for the supplemental draft, but I think we're going to go over the, the two big ones and the two most likely to be drafted over overall and that is going to be Marcus Sims the wide receiver from West Virginia and Jalen Thompson the safety from uh, Washington State so Chris up on Big Blue View you have written prospect profiles about both of these guys Uh, why don't we start with Marcus Sims and and why don't you bring us through what you found out from him right so one of the things we've both talked about repeatedly over the summer is just how much the Giants need a third wide receiver and a viable deep threat for their offense. Pretty much right now, their offense is going to be 10 yards or less. Unless somebody like Evan Ingram or Saquon Barkley forces a missed tackle and turns a short catch into a long gain. But just to keep defenses from playing eight in the box and just suffocating the run game, they need a deep threat. And that's pretty much what Marcus Sims brings. He wasn't targeted a whole lot in the West Virginia offense, which granted had a fair amount of receivers for Will Greer. I believe he only had 81 catches the last two years, 35 in 2017, 46 in 2018. But what he did for the West Virginia offense was stretch the field. He was a guy, he had good speed and could get downfield and win on vertical routes. He averaged 18.9 yards per catch in 2017, 15.2 in 2018. 
And he just has the ability to beat defensive backs deep, either with good cutting in his routes or just being able to run past them. I believe he was clocked anywhere between anywhere in the low to mid four fours by the scouts at his pro day, which not blazing, but still with good route running, that's fast enough. And that's basically who he was for West Virginia. In addition to also being a kick and punt returner of good, but not great ability. Yeah, so he is he's a super interesting case. He's one of those guys that is is labeled as the deep threat, but when you look at the, really what he did at West Virginia, the numbers don't completely translate there. So uh, if you guys remember, or if you have been listening through our, our draft shows, I put together a stat called Target Yards Added for wide receivers. It basically takes a wide receiver's production and isolates it from uh, the quarterback and the offensive performance to see what a receiver adds to an offense. So this season at West Virginia, Marcus Sims had 66 targets that went for 699 yards. That's uh, 10.59 yards per target. That's decent. And that was 1.09 target yards added. So we did add a bit to the the West Virginia offense, but that target yards added is a be- well below the average of what this past draft class would have been, uh, which was 2.09. Uh, that 1.09 would have been 25th in this draft class. That's behind Jalen Hurd and Terry Godwin. His 16.2% target share would be one of the lowest of this group. So he was the clear number three option in the Mountaineers offense last year. That was behind uh, David Sills, who I didn't like, and Target Yards added did not like. He was negative. That was also behind uh, Gary Jennings, who I did like quite a bit, and Target Yards added liked quite a bit at 3.32. And Jennings was also a guy who could win deep. He got that also, but he was also kind of a screen guy, guy who could take the ball after the catch. And Jennings was the number two receiver in that West Virginia offense, and he only went in the fifth round. So if Jennings was only worth a fifth-round pick... In the actual 2019 draft, I can't see Sims being worth that. And so if you're going to spend maybe a seventh, then fine, maybe it's worth the flyer. But I kind of think there might be a team who's probably more likely to jump ahead of him. And if you're going to be using a flyer like that, you might just be better off waiting to see who gets cut during training camp and trying to to figure out and find maybe a, an undervalued wide receiver uh, somewhere around during that area too. Yeah, and that's really how I would look at Sims. Like, If you like what he does and you just like him on the field, Put in seventh round or maybe even a six if you really like him, and maybe you get him. If not, see who is going to be available eventually. Yeah, I th- I think even even just by looking at the wide receivers who were available in this past draft class and and where Sims goes and where those guys were drafted, and I, I don't even know if I'd put a seventh on him because also what we talk about. Uh, the the deep threats that the Giants need, they did spend a draft pick on one of those, and that was Darius Slayton, who came out 
pretty favorably in target yards added, 2.73, uh, which was pretty good. That was 13th in this draft class. He's someone who has the ability to win deep. Yeah, that that was the book on him. Of course, his hands may be an issue. They were an issue early in minicamp and then got better as the offseason has gone on. So we'll see what he looks like in training camp. But I think you kind of already use a draft pick on that role. So uh, I'm not totally sure it's worth using another one on a guy who's probably not as good as Slayton is anyway. Yeah, and that is the issue for the Giants in particular. They did spend that draft pick. They already do have a lot of bodies at wide receiver. So it it could be hard or would be hard to justify using any draft pick on a guy who is basically a flyer but if they're going to go for uh, a potential volume solution for filling the filling out the depth chart behind sterling shepherd and golden tate it's a move i could either take or leave if they don't put in a bid on him i would understand completely if they did i would understand and maybe be a little bit intrigued Right. To me, there's, I think there's two things at play here. One, there's no one on the Giants roster that should stop you from trying to upgrade. I don't think anyone outside of the top two guys is worth that. If there's someone you believe is going to be an upgrade, then make that move. I just don't really feel like Sims is that type of player that's going to warrant bringing him in now and and thinking he's going to be an upgrade. I think you're probably better off going with the group you have now and then possibly waiting to see who is available throughout the rest of the summer. Uh, If anyone comes in, then you're probably even using fewer resources on one of those guys and they could be just as good, if not better than Sims. I just don't think Sims is, is the quality of player that's really going to change the dynamic of the wide receiver group. Uh, so I just don't think it's worth that investment. Yeah, and that's probably how it's going to be. Yeah, and, and that that makes sense. And and that's fine. Not everyone has to be drafted. And, and just because a guy is available does not mean there needs to be a pick spent on him. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate 
and their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So the guy who is more likely to be drafted higher is uh, Jalen Thompson, the safety out of Washington State. Uh, Chris, what can you tell us about Thompson? There is, I think, a little bit of a tendency to want to look at Thompson in the same light as Sam Beal. But Thompson is much more of a known commodity than Sam Beal was coming out of Western Michigan. He's generally regarded as one of the best one of the better, if not one of the best defensive backs in the Pac-12. And if he hadn't lost his eligibility for his senior year, he probably would have set a Washington State record for games and snaps played. He's been a starter since he was a true freshman. So he has a, a lot of experience and he has been a durable and pretty reliable player for Washington State. He's he's a little bit of an interesting player to watch on tape because they used him kind of almost as a rover. They would use him depending on the package as either a nickel corner, occasionally an outside corner or a lot more often as a free or strong safety. Personally, I don't like him as any kind of cornerback. I don't think he has the feet and hips to be a corner in the NFL. He does have decent short area quickness. Like he can close on a ball very well, but his back pedal is just kind of high and stabby. He can't get his hips down. He can't really open them up well to turn and run. Just those things you need to be able to do as a corner. I don't really see that from him. However, I do not hate him as a free safety. The thing that probably stood out to me the most of watching him on tape was his ability to quickly process information to read, diagnose, and react to an offense and a quarterback quarterback's decision and do it very, very quickly. So he doesn't have great long speed, but that processing speed really allows him to play faster than he is going to time. And for the Giants in particular, you know, while I don't think there could be any argument that Antoine Bethea is a massive upgrade over Curtis Riley, even if Father Time catches up with him this year, he's still a massive upgrade over Curtis Riley. But the fact remains that eventually Father Time is going to catch Bethea. So for me and for the Giants, I think it would be a good move to at least take a close look at Thompson just to have potentially have a free safety of the future who could potentially learn from Bethea over a rookie year. 
you know, kind of like they had hoped to have with Sam Beal, except he needed shoulder surgery. Yeah, one thing that you mentioned kind of just in his, his long speed and processing speed and just speed overall is we don't get full athletic profiles on these guys, which is a bummer. The NFL teams are going to have more information than we do, but we're not going to have full athletic profiles. So we don't really know how well that speed is going to translate and whether the, the, the short speed works or the long speed really is a concern. We're not going to have actual uh, metrics on that, which does hinder some of our evaluation, at least mine, which is something, especially for defensive backs, uh, the the athletic testing and, and spark and those things is something I would rely on uh, quite a bit because I think those are helpful, especially at defensive back. Um, what we do get with Thompson, though, is, is we still get some of his coverage metrics for Sports Info Solutions. So this past season, 50 targets, which is a lot for his safety, but he did move around a little bit. Only 19 completions, which is a 38% completion percentage, which was that's quite good. Uh, two interceptions, eight passes defense, 4.62 yards per target, which is uh, also very good. Uh, so so in coverage, I think he he can hold up. So he does have that ability. You you like you said, you would want him to play a little deeper uh, he's not someone who's going to really play in the box I think you mentioned this in in your write-up and it's backed up when when you watch him and when you look at some of his numbers he's not someone who was asked to blitz a lot he's not someone who's going to spend a lot of time behind the line of scrimmage uh, last year he only had one pressure that a single pressure uh, was it for all of 2018 so he does spend most of his time in the defensive backfield you know if you put him on the Giants uh, a team that's probably going to want to blitz quite a bit. Uh, you're going to have Jabril Peppers, who is a safety, who's probably going to blitz quite a bit and has done that the past couple years. Probably going to do that with James Betcher this year. We'll see whether uh, Peppers would completely take over that role or is going to be mixing and matching with bringing a whole bunch of players from the secondary, uh, which could also be the case. Thompson really isn't going to fit that mold, so maybe he's not a scheme fit in that area so what you get is is a guy who uh decent in coverage he's decent downhill just not going to make plays behind the line of scrimmage which is something you would kind of like to see and then uh, my question is kind of like with sims is is where you're going to value that type of guy i've seen some people are as high as like the third round on him but if like chauncey gardner johnson is only going in the third round of the 20 at 19 draft, uh, I'm not using a third on on Jalen Thompson. Is a fifth going to do it? I, I'm not sure. Maybe you also like Sims if you're waiting to see who who gets cut during during like training camps and in the rest of the off season. I had, there's a potential of of even some some younger or veteran safeties who can be available. Maybe use a fifth round pick to trade. And I still think that is one of the biggest market inefficiencies is using those picks to to trade for proven veteran players. Maybe someone just falls out of favor, uh, isn't exactly a fit on a on a new in a new scheme, and that starts to become apparent in in training camp and something that teams weren't prepared for at the beginning of the offseason. That happens every year. So I, I think with this too, I'd, I think I'd rather find a different avenue of looking for a safety if you do need that. And the Giants, 
they really have have the two main safeties in Bethay and Peppers who are going to play two very distinct roles probably with Bethay being the deep safety but they do have all of those young cornerbacks and we know Grant Haley played the slot but he might not be the starter this year so maybe he plays a little more safety you know Jordan Love is probably going to play between the slot and safety so I think there's there's also potential answers on the roster now that you probably don't need to use one of those uh, picks to to bring that type of player in yeah i i do think you also have to look ahead at what the potential draft class at least what you think it will look like in 2020 because that's the pick you'll be using so kind of like how the giants viewed the cornerback position if they view Thompson as, say, a third or a second and third round talent. And they're not sure there's just that without him, there's going to be that many great safeties. Although, uh, just a quick word ahead, if you like safety play, watch LSU this year. I'm just saying. (laughs) Grant Delpit is probably going to be a top 10 pick when he comes out, maybe even top five. He's going to be mentioned in the same breath as Eric Berry coming out. His range and ability on the back end to diagnose plays is kind of ridiculous. But that's an aside and doesn't have a whole lot to do with Jalen Thompson other than the fact that there's the top of the class right there. So if if the Giants think that maybe this is their best chance to get a good value, then I could see them putting in maybe even a little bit higher pick than we could see right now. Yeah, and we already know that Dave Gettleman is not scared off of the supplemental draft. Uh, He used a pick last year, so he's not someone who is going to just say that the that draft investment is not worth it like some other teams might. Um, So uh, Tony Pauline uh, has said that uh, 26 teams were at Thompson's Pro Day. We don't know exactly who who those 26 teams were or the teams who were not there. Um, So reported 35 and a half inches in the vertical, 10 feet, four inch broad jump, which, which is decent. Initial 40 time at four, four, seven, and second one at four, five, six. So there is uh, quite a difference there. And those times are uh, hand timed and unofficial. Thompson meeting with the Packers and other teams who have lined up interviews are the Patriots, Rams, Dolphins, Colts, and Cardinals. So we'll see. Pauline says uh, Thompson's viewed as a fourth-round prospect. He was was viewed as a fourth-round prospect during the spring and is expected to be drafted somewhere in the later rounds. Um, so we'll see. I mean, if, if you do believe he is a fourth-round pick and you want to just throw out a, a six there, then, then maybe that is worth it I, I could see that being being an option and we'll see Dave Gettleman has believed if the value is there he will go for it uh, they said they viewed Beal as potentially a second round pick in this in this past year's draft class I'm not sure if I completely believe that maybe he would have been the third that they used uh, but they did use the third on him this year so if you think he's a fourth and you want to use a sixth then then you probably can't argue with that no, definitely not. Yeah, the, the success rate of those late-round picks is so low 
that if you feel like you can get a good value and you can get a player who is likely to contribute, especially if they're not planning on using Jabril Peppers as a real safety, because he did mention that he's going to be playing a lot of roles and he was really at his most effective at Cleveland playing a pseudo linebacker role, which we also know is a role in James Betcher's defense. So the Giants could be looking at using Bethea maybe down as more of a strong safety like he played at Arizona last year when he had a really good year, in which case they would need a full-time free safety. Now they've talked about potentially trying Julian Love at safety. I would rather he stay at cornerback where we have seen him to be really, really good. Uh, I'd like to see them try Corey Ballantyne at safety just because he reminds me of Bennett Jackson. But he's also got to make a serious jump to go from Washburn up to the NFL. So maybe having a a safety who is used to playing safety but does have that kind of cornerback skill set that they obviously like, maybe that could be appealing to them. Yeah, and honestly, who knows uh, at this point because uh, we've seen the Giants are... Again, not scared of this supplemental draft, not scared of taking on a crap load of defensive backs. Uh, they no. drafted drafted three of them, four of them. I'll say four because I, Sam, Sam Beal really should count as a 2019 draft pick, even though they made it back in 2018. Right, so three and Sam Beal. So uh, obviously they believe that is a position of need. Uh, we don't disagree with them. Uh, clearly that was a position of need last year. And as you look going forward, it's going to continue to be a position of need because Jarrus Jenkins probably not going to be on the roster for very long, even if he gets through all of 2019. Uh, Antoine Bethea, for as much as I have uh, praised him and I liked that signing, again, he is 35 years old. So the length of time he can be uh, uh, an above average contributor uh, is still unknown. So there is going to be time there. So if you feel like this guy is going to be a value and you can get him a year earlier than you possibly would and maybe uh, start that process, then then maybe do it. But uh, if, if you're going out like with a six round pick, uh, it's possible that a lot of other teams are, are going to be doing that. So the potential of, of getting him might be lower, but you also don't want that to make you try to overdraft him and, and use a, a fifth or fourth because then you're just you're starting to give away some draft value that can probably be used better somewhere else and down the line. Yeah, and that's just the gamble of the supplemental draft. It, it's a blind auction. You don't know what anyone else is putting in if anyone else is putting in a bid on that player. So you just have to evaluate him, value him. And if you like him, hope that nobody else likes him more. Yeah, that's that's an important piece here uh, that we should explain. The supplemental draft is basically kind of like a, a waiver system where you uh, put in what round you are willing to select 
the the given player if any round and then within that round you were the teams are are ranked uh by record so the giants because they were quite bad last year uh, would still be high up in that order uh so so we'll see but yeah it, it's not a, a uh, it's not like a thing where everyone is on the clock and they either pick or pass it's teams give give the round they're willing to pick and and if they are first up in line then they get the player so that is how the supplemental draft goes and and that'll be the process it just kind of happens uh it's not televised it just you just find out after after it happens and the supplemental draft is scheduled to be wednesday of this week so we will know quite soon uh who picked who if the giants were interested in anyone or not. So uh, that is basically the, the football news this week. And it's just going to be whether two players are picked or not. And all that comes out is, is a press release. So so we will see. And though on that note, we're going to end this episode here. You can find this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Please rate and review if you have not. Those are continually helping us, getting seen during the offseason. And the training camp's just around the corner. So content going to be picking up very soon. Uh, you can follow our work on BigBlueView.com. If you have not read Chris's profiles on both Sims and Thompson, they are up on BigBlueView.com right now. Uh, you can follow BigBlueView on Twitter at BigBlueView. You can follow BigBlueView on Instagram at Big underscore Blue underscore View. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Pizzuta. You can follow Chris on Twitter at RaptorMKII. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you again soon. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.